Greetings and salutations, my fellow plebs. My name is Walker, and this is the Bitcoin Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin block height is 797325, and the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. Today's episode is a Bitcoin news roundup. I'm going to cover the big Bitcoin story, run through some rapid-fire news, then zoom out and talk about narrative shifts. Without further ado, let's get into the big story. ETF Deja Vu. In case you missed it, on June 30th, the Wall Street Journal reported that SEC says spot Bitcoin ETF filings are inadequate. The regulator stated that applications from BlackRock, Fidelity, and others weren't clear and comprehensive. Fast forward to this week, the ETF refilings are back. Via Bloomberg, BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF application is refiled by the NASDAQ to the SEC. Quote, the exchange on Monday submitted new documents with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to indicate that Coinbase Global Inc. will provide market surveillance in support of the proposed ETF from the world's largest asset manager. The move came after the regulatory agency had said the initial filings by issuers were deemed to be insufficient and lacked necessary information. A number of other companies had last week made their applications more specific as well, with Fidelity Investments, Valkyrie, Invesco, Vanek, 21 Shares, and Wisdom Tree all amending their proposals. At this point, a spot Bitcoin ETF isn't a matter of if, it's a matter of when. The most powerful money managers in the world are pushing for it, and the fact that the Bitcoin halving is just around the corner in 2024 should make these next couple years very interesting. If you're new to Bitcoin, I hope the news of the biggest money managers in the world endorsing Bitcoin gives you the confidence you need to finally study Bitcoin more for yourself. Maybe you end up getting your first exposure to Bitcoin through one of these ETFs once they're approved. If you do, I hope you'll also take the time to learn about taking custody of Bitcoin for yourself. If you're already a Bitcoin pleb like me, Odell's advice is probably your best bet. Stay humble, stack sats. Now for some Bitcoin rapid-fire news. $1.5 trillion asset manager Franklin Templeton says Bitcoin ETF will open up a new access point for traditional portfolios. Spain's largest bank, Santander, joins a list of financial institutions exploring Bitcoin, stating in a report that the Lightning Network can facilitate over 1 million transactions per second, compared to 20,000 per second for traditional card payment networks such as Visa. Tether's chief technology officer, Paolo Arduino, believes that artificial intelligence would use Bitcoin over more centralized cryptocurrencies like stablecoins. Supply of Bitcoin on exchanges dropped 4% in June, nearing the level of December 2022, itself the lowest since November 2020, and right before the start of the 2021 bull market, according to a Goldman Sachs report. Bitcoin's correlation with the Nasdaq and S&P 500 hits its lowest level since 2021, according to data from Blockshoals. According to on-chain analytics firm Santiment, Bitcoin holders with between 10 and 10,000 BTC in their wallets have purchased over 154,600 Bitcoin, valued at over $4.75 billion since the end of April, with a particular accumulation occurring over the last two weeks. And finally, Wicked Smart Bitcoin shared a visualization on Twitter showing that every single pleb who has been dollar cost averaging, is now in profit, 
no matter when they first started DCA. To close out today's show, I want to zoom out and talk about narrative shifts. Forbes just published a piece this morning titled, How Bitcoin Helps Civilians Escape the War in Sudan. I want to read you an excerpt from this piece, because I think it's extremely important that we're starting to see legacy media outlets like Forbes cover Bitcoin by telling real stories about Bitcoin written by Bitcoiners, like this one from Wasabi Wallet's Louisa Alexa. It's a refreshing change from the legacy media parroting the same broken narratives pushed ad nauseum by the likes of the New York Times. Here's the intro of Louise's article in Forbes. At first glance, the civil war in Sudan, which broke out in April 2023, is a power struggle between two people, Mohamed Hamdan Dagalo, leader of the paramilitary group Rabid Support Forces, and Abdal Fattah al-Buran, leader of Sudan's military junta. But years of economic marginalization and monetary inflation, which rose to over 350% in 2021, have fueled the conflict. As the Sudanese banking system collapsed, Bitcoin offered a lifeline to escape the war. It was almost impossible to send money back home, a Sudanese expat living in Ireland told me. He had used the online alias Sudan Hodel in the Sudanese Bitcoin groups to protect his family back in Africa. When my aunt called me about Bitcoin, I understood that it could have implications beyond my own little world. So I highly recommend you read this whole article. I'll link to it in the show notes. But what I want to emphasize here is the power of stories, the power of narratives. If you've studied Bitcoin, you already know that it's a lifeline for people around the world stuck in or escaping from oppressive regimes. You know it's a way to escape the fickle machinations of central bank money printing, which inflate the supply of money and decreases the purchasing power of the money in your pocket. You know Bitcoin is scarce and predictable. And you know it's unconfiscatable and unfuckable when you hold your own keys. But if you're new to Bitcoin, and the only news you read about Bitcoin comes from legacy media outlets, it's incredibly important to see stories like this one. Stories that challenge the narratives you've been fed by the New York Times or Elizabeth Warren. Narratives like, Bitcoin is only used by criminals, or Bitcoin burns the planet. Louise's article ends with this. Bitcoin is not an investment, says Sudan Hodel. In Sudan, there is a genuine need for what Bitcoin can do. Stories make a difference. Stories make us curious. Stories encourage those of us in the Western world to check our financial privilege, as Alex Gladstein says. Stories are powerful. And the beauty of Bitcoin is that the stories we tell are true. We don't have to make them up to fit a bullshit narrative like the writers of the New York Times. So if you have a story, share it. If you know someone who has a story, help them share it. And if you want me to tell your story, let me know. I'll leave you with this. All they can do is lie about Bitcoin. All we must do is tell the truth. And that's a wrap today's Bitcoin News Roundup. My name is Walker, and this is The Bitcoin Podcast. If you want to follow on Twitter, go to at Titcoin Podcast and at Walker America. You can also find me on Noster by going to primal.net slash walker. Bitcoin is scarce. There will only ever be 21 million. 
the Bitcoin podcasts are abundant. So thank you for spending your scarce time to listen to another fucking Bitcoin podcast. Until next time, stay free.